Howdy, everybody. Welcome back. Today's Tuesday, April 27th, 2021. I'm Trey Crowder, and that there is Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? What's up, Trey? Did you, uh, this is a sad diversion, but did you watch any of the UFC fights uh, this weekend? No, I actually purposefully avoided watching clips because I know from Twitter and from the group text and stuff, yeah. apparently it was extremely gruesome, and I'm not great yeah. with that type of thing, so I didn't look it up. Me neither. I, I, that's why I actively avoid combat sports, but I was—I didn't even know it was UFC fight night, and I was trying to watch a basketball game, and I'm there, and like 90% of the team of this TVs are on this niche sport, which I didn't even know was happening, and two consecutive matches had guys where their legs just fell off, basically, and uh, I did not need to see that. And uh, it's a horrifying yeah, room a whole I weekend. <laughs> I feel like it's not really niche anymore, right? I mean, that's why they're, I mean, I know they're showing it because of the sensationalist, gruesome nature of the particular thing that happened, but like ESPN covers all those things and stuff now, right? It's like, I mean, it's big shit at this point. I mean, ESPN televises bowling and poker too. Like, like, so I mean, I don't know where to, I, yeah. I don't know where to like rank it, but I do say like, I live in Los Angeles, the home of the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers. We're playing a very important game against my team, the Dallas Mavericks, on national television. And out of 20 TVs, we had to beg to get that on one. And that seems unbalanced to me. Uh, yes, I agree but, with you. But hey, but if it bleeds, it leads, right? If the leg goes off, it's going off. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. yeah anyway, you get, what, <laughs> you get what I mean. I, I, you know, I took a swing. All right. Well, with us as always is uh, producer Matt doing the thing. This right here is weekly skews tonight. Where's the beef? Well, I'll tell you where it's not in the cards for American conservatives. If Joe Biden has his way, that's right. Not content to merely take their guns and Bibles. We on the left have set our sights firmly on their cheeseburgers. We will talk. Cows about are canceled. Trey. They're canceled. <laughs> Finally got to the cows. Uh, also, <laughs> It may surprise you all to hear that it's seeming more and more as though conservatives in this country can tend towards being a little uh, hypocritical. I know. Also, overly sensitive, easily offended. It's hard to believe, but mounting evidence seems to support the hypothesis. For that conversation, we will be joined by our guest tonight, two embattled professors from my alma mater, Tennessee Tech University in Cookville, Tennessee, Dr. Andrew Smith and Dr. Julia Gruber, who are currently under fire, receiving death threats and facing possible disciplinary action for putting up flyers that hurt the feelings of a conservative colleague. No, poor guy. All that and more on tonight's skews. But first, as always, we begin with the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. Tonight's dumbass is, I believe, for the first time, and boy, are we honored to have him, Rick Santorum, who has a interesting perspective on the state of this country when the first European settlers arrived. Matt, play the clip, please. We came here and created a blank slate. We, we birthed a nation from nothing. I mean, there's nothing here. I mean, yes, we have Native Americans, but if, but candidly, that that... There isn't much Native American culture in American culture. It, it was born of the people who came here pursuing religious liberty to practice their faith, to live as they ought to live, and have the freedom to do so. 
Uh, yeah, it's it, it. You know how racist you have to be to use the phrase "birth of a nation" in this sentence, and it wasn't even the race, It wasn't even part of the racism. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. That was like a like a offshoot of the main shitty thing he was doing. He also uh-huh. used the phrase "birth of a nation" while erasing the presence of Native Americans when the settlers arrived. It's like it's just. You know, it'd be like, look, there was nothing here. We came here and built all this. I mean, there were some things we had to take care of, sure. But mostly, there was nothing here. We built this uh, Jesus theme park up from nothing, and here we are today. It is uh, extremely hilarious to me uh, just to say that there's no Native American culture in American culture in front of an audience exclusively rich enough to have where all their kids play lacrosse. That was like, it's fucking funny to me. Uh, I don't understand. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's like, they like they, 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 we're going to get to like talking about like uh, conservatives versus American history later a little bit, I think. But if you it, just remembering stuff is anti-American, right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So why you, you're, you're just bringing up old shit? Like, like Americans went through marriage counseling, and now we're not supposed to like we're like we're just supposed to bring up fights we had before 2011 or something. It's like it's just. I don't, I, yeah. We're not saying you, Rick Santorum, slaughtered some natives. We're just like it, it fucking happened. You know, I don't know. Right. Well, the natives have always been for the Rick Santorums of the world. You know, a real inconvenience. <laughs> they were an inconvenience back then. And then now in the narrative, they're an inconvenience, but I like what you said about lacrosse. We hadn't planned on doing this, but I Googled it real quick. Cause I love this. You said, uh, he did this in front of an audience whose you know, children have enough money to play lac- lacrosse at a high level. There was a thing that went mm-hmm. viral about a year ago. That was, uh, a list of actual top tier lacrosse players names in this country. Uh, from places like St. Johns Hopkins and um, uh, the Rhode Island Institute of Technology and places like that. And I want to read you a couple of these actual names here. Shackelford Stanwick Sr., Quinn Commandment, Command, Command, Quinn Commandant, Holden Rosengrupp, Dar Sleeper, Sky Dupree, Taggart Imer, Dallas Creamer, Colby Hamway Jr., Wheaton Jackaboyce the first, Tanner Elwood, Caden Kitelinger, Con Curry, Gage Barber, Rain Shamberger, <laughs> and Hampton Brannon, among others. So yeah, yeah, get a good get a good glimpse of <clears throat> who's playing the uh, Decades, decades before Aunt Becky from Full House figured it out, uh, uh, the Northeastern white uh, rich people have figured out how to backdoor their kids getting athletics, uh, athletic passes in the colleges they don't deserve via lacrosse, which is exclusively basically what that boys sport is for. Uh, but it, it looks like it may be fun to play. You hit to hit people in the head with a stick, you know, which hits. But uh, uh, I don't really understand the point of it. Otherwise, it's uh, yeah. I went to. A, I never knew what lacrosse was until I got to college. I went to a school that yeah, had a pretty neither. good lacrosse team for a D three school, and I, I had all these kids from like from Long Island who were probably huge disappointments to their parents who spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to teach them to play lacrosse. So you could get into, uh, you know, the Ivy League, and ended up sitting next to me in fucking English class. So congrats to them. <laughs> yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, and I'm sure all of y'all do, but lacrosse is a Native American sport. They have a uh, 
one of the tribes, I'm forgetting it now because it's been a long time since I saw this, but they still compete at a high level in lacrosse as their own nation, like, and do really well at it. Um, but the representation at the uh, big schools and everything is a little bit different. You got old Shambleford Dick and how is, third or whatever I said. <laughs> how, how is that not a movie? Because like it seems it like they always make a, a movie about the first, you know, the the the, the first uh, like like the, the the first black uh, uh, NCAA basketball team that won a title, Texas West Texas State. I forgot blank on the name of the university, or whatever. They beat Kentucky in a fairly in a fairly famous game, or like. There are a bunch of made-up versions, like the first all-black swim team or whatever. But like here, you have like, like the, the the people that originated the sport kicking ass of the people who stole it, which is flips the paradigm. I want to see that movie. I, I love to see that movie. Yeah, hell yeah! I think we've lamented recently. There's not enough sports movies in general anymore. Bring them back. Start with that one. That would hit. But yeah. let's do some honorable mentions here for our dumbasses. First honorable mention: anybody who wouldn't drive 19 hours to work just to avoid <laughs> wearing a piece of cloth over their nose. Um, so there's a Alaskan state uh, representative or state senator, Laura Reinbold, who has been banned from Alaskan Airlines because she refuses to wear a mask. Um, and yeah. as a result of that, she had to drive across, you know, the great white north, the wilderness. I ain't been up there, but, you know, I understand Trey, it's, a, it's a whole I thing. <laughs> Look, you and me don't have, don't really have a conception of how big Alaska is, or I don't at right. least. But this lady should have. She's from there, and so just by the way, because she wouldn't put on a mask, they're going to play in this video of it. But it's just boring. It's just her harassing an airline employee and taking yeah. filming them and asking a cop what his badge number is, whatever. So to get to to get to the legislature, she had to drive 750 miles, including a four or five hour ferry ride, and she had to go through a couple Canadian border checkpoints. This this idiot <laughs> I wanted to call her a worst name. This this fucking idiot had to drive through Canada to get to work because she didn't want to wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, the like it the links they will go to to harm themselves, which I believe this will also be relevant when we get to the yeah. beef talk later. Just uh -huh. to like prove a point, or you know, not to prove but to own us, to own the libs is just something else, dude. Like I've driven across big chunks of this country, both in moving to California and doing uh, the tour and driving between cities and stuff. <clears throat> and if you told me like, you can avoid this 10 hour drive. If you just wear this piece of cloth over your face, mm -hmm. that's a no brainer, man. Like that's, that's the easiest, um, proposition in the world but not not for these people they got they got principles mark and they stand on them i mean trey imagine a, a slightly different universe where covid was spread exclusively through farts and the public health measure was to ask people to wear pants like what what, what the airports would look like right now <laughs> uh, yeah that's hilarious it's also like the just there's this sort of general lack of empathy with their side, it seems like, because it's been, you know, proven that multiple times at this point that the wearing of a mask really protects everyone else, right? So going to those lengths to a few to refuse to do that is just such a dick move, but they don't see it that way. It's their own personal freedoms that they've got to protect. It's it's like basically no downside and unlimited upside. I mean, like I said, no I don't like wearing a mask. I'm no, like, nobody they seem to, does. Dude, I wear they, glasses. Yeah. You wear glasses too. They, it fogs yeah. my glasses up. I, dude, I can't stand wearing a mask, but I still yeah. do it. 
But it's it's an inconvenience, but it's a fairly minor one in the grand scheme of things. Right. And the upside of it is maybe someone else gets to still be alive. So it's a very <laughs> small trade-off. Yeah. So I, I just, but like, imagine like, it's a fun, always a fun intellectual experiment to think about like, what if something didn't exist and Libs proposed it right now for how, would we, like, for example, try to imagine if there were no public libraries and you pitched a public library at a city council. Oh, dude. Oh my God. Even You'd fire be a huge communists and shit would be yeah. no goes. Um, imagine, I think we've done this, this one before, but imagine if like police didn't exist and Obama suggested them. <laughs> yeah. Obama yeah. wants to put an armed agent of the state on every corner to police your thoughts, right? But since 2020, I mean, since 2016, shit's gotten so dumb, it literally could do that with pants now. If pants didn't exist and someone sewed them and suggested you were kind of be, they'd be required to enter a 7-Eleven, imagine. <laughs> no pants. We don't, have, we don't have to imagine. We don't have to imagine. There'd be a, there'd be people carrying guns around saying I'm not wearing pants in the cell line. Yeah. Um, pantsless people with guns. That's, uh, that's what we need right there. Like as if they, it's just as if they didn't look ridiculous enough, they'd have the, like the sort of like mall ninja body armor and everything on up top, but no mm-hmm. pants. AR <laughs> 15 at a fucking Arby's or whatever. Well, oh my they, God. It makes more sense than those, those mall ninjas. They like to get tactical pants, but they get them like they're like quadruple XL and they get them baggy, right? Tactical pants are supposed to be tight so you can move it, so you can so you can fight in them, right? So like they're already wearing they're already wearing, wearing pants wrong. It doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> they're wearing pants wrong. <laughs> they're wearing pants wrong. No, I'm with you. You're right. All right, our next honorable mention. This is a hypothetical dumbass here. Anyone who broke into Kevin McCarthy's bathroom during the january 6th insurrection that's house republican leader kevin mccarthy why would that have been a dumb move to break into mccarthy's bathroom because waiting inside the bathroom is arkansas representative bruce westerman who was standing there with a civil war sword he pulled off the wall crouched on the toilet defending himself from the insurrectionists so yeah you don't want no part of that mark yeah (laughs) First of all, I don't believe the Civil War cover story. This motherfucker is a Highlander. Uh, I'm going with that. <laughs> uh, but it's just, but I'm starting, it just kind of gives me sympathy to Lauren Boebert. Like she complains about not being able to carry a handgun around the Capitol complex. Like this dude gets to carry around a sword. I think she should get her handgun. It's only fair. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but this guy, by the way, uh, a week later voted to uh, not imp- uh, not convict Trump of impeachment. Because of course he did. Because the kind of guy has a Civil War sword in his wall. But he almost died. He, he was he almost thought he thought he was going to die to the point he armed himself and sealed himself off in a bathroom and still thinks Trump's a hero of the story. Yep. This uh, producer Matt says, you know, that was a Confederate sword. And yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. he wouldn't. He wouldn't besmirch himself with a Yankee sword, Matt. Um, Unless his grandfather captured it off a dead Yankee, in which case he would absolutely <laughs> have. <laughs> right. Um, OK. Our next honorable mention Anybody out there who's ever doubted the artistic capabilities of Texans? Mark, you're a Texan. Not fair. You got a lot of artistic capabilities, right? Yeah, we're, uh, we're. Well, I only lived in Texas. I lived in Texas from when I moved there when I was 21. Right. 20, yeah, 21. you're an adopted uh, Texan. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we got a lot of ingenuity and a lot of creative spirit, and uh, this doesn't manifest itself. And uh, yeah, as Matt points out, I'm wearing a Getty Museum shirt. Love art. Yeah. I went. I took my mom. And got a T-shirt. Well, uh, let's show people <laughs> what we're talking about, Matt. Throw yeah. it up there. Look at this. 
true artistic masterpieces found around yeah. San Antonio recently. We, I kind of apologize yeah. to y'all for showing y'all this, but at the same time, the other part of me is like, look, I had to see it. Y'all had to see it too. For anybody that's just listening, first of all, bless you for not having to see this, but it's a uh, Photoshop picture of <laughs> Ted Cruz in a BDSM getup. It's like wrapped around his boobs and his gut sticking out really far and he's got gloves on and there's a tattoo that says proud boy across his stomach and it is truly upsetting this picture but i'm glad that people are doing it <laughs> yeah glad they're putting it out there somebody put up from the pictures i can't tell whether it's like merely dozens or hundreds but that 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 the, the like uh fathead size uh stickers are basically human size or post basically put a walls all over san antonio uh ted cruz is not popular there uh if beto had run <laughs> Ted Cruz won the Republican primary with like 30% of the vote, has been barely winning majorities. Like, like he's very, very beatable. Beto almost beat him. If he'd been a presidential election year, like with Biden on the ticket, he would have won. Uh, and I look forward to that. I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure what Ted Cruz would do in his post-Senate uh, life, but I look forward to seeing what that is and hope it's painful and miserable. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Our last honorable mention for Daily Dumbass today. Anybody out there who doesn't understand the nuance of American history, and that'll make sense in just a second. Matt, play the <laughs> Louisiana. But what is a larger course of academic instruction? If you're teaching, if you're having a discussion on whatever the case may be on slavery, then you can talk about everything dealing with slavery, the good, the bad, the ugly. The there's, whole. there's no good to slavery, though. Well, then whatever, whatever the case may be. Uh, you got to cover it all, Mark. You got to be fair. You got to talk about all the good parts of slavery, you know, just to be even handed. I actually, I love that the other representative, old Rep, Rep Hilferty there, just immediately came back with the appropriate response to that. You know what I mean? Because so many times I feel like you're so, when something like that happens and somebody like that says it, you're almost so kind of blown away that they actually said that thing that you missed the opportunity <laughs> to come back at them the way that she did. It's like with the obvious response, there's no good to slavery. <laughs> You're like, well, you know, whatever the case may be. There, there is a that, that was a legislative hearing on uh, some sort of legislation that would uh, in reaction to the 1619 project and all that and stuff like that. Republican legislatures are trying to figure out a way to ban teachers from telling kids that America did bad things. <laughs> so right. um, that, that's ostensibly what this hearing is about. And it is funny because like what, what's happened is they've lost just, just like everything else with the internet, they've lost control of the narrative because kids can look up what slavery was like. And so they're trying. So and teachers feel less bound to like, uh, you know, myth making bullshit. So their kids are hearing more orange varnish truths. It's like, but like, this is their version of combating QAnon is kids getting on the internet and finding out slavery is bad. They're trying to like, instead of, they, but they're not trying to stop disinformation. They're trying to stop information. It's just really fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're no, they're, you're right. They're trying to halt information and propagate the shit out of disinformation, which leads us to our top story tonight. The great ham burglary, um, Joe Biden coming for your cheeseburgers, Mark. Will you set this up for us, please? Joe's going to hamburger tray. Uh, so out of nowhere, seemingly last week, there became this right wing meme that Joe Biden is going to steal your fucking hamburgers. All right. So this uh, first video is a pretty good sample of uh, the straight news version of the coverage. Uh, uh, if you throw that up, Matt. 
Say goodbye to your burgers if you want to sign up for the Biden climate agenda. That's the finding of one study. In order to help hit the Biden administration's climate goals of reducing emissions by 50 percent from 2005 by 2030, researchers say you'd have to cut about 90 percent of red meat from your diet. For Americans, that means a limit of four pounds of red meat per year or break that down further, a single average sized burger every month. Let's tuck in some more here. Larry Kudlow joins us now. I can hear the refrain from Clara Peller from the grave. Larry going, where's the meat? <laughs> so right after that, by the way, Kudlow says he doesn't even eat beef. And then they go on to talk about the evils of this. But yeah, like you said, seemingly fabricated out of thin air, which I mean, it literally was right. It kind of had to be because it's based on nothing. Actually, no. nothing. <laughs> so. A series of things happened. Um, one, Biden said he's going to release, like they they, they changed their climate uh, emissions target to be 50% cut by 2030, which is like the bare minimum of what we need, but it's also extremely aspirational, which is sort of like the handcuffs <laughs> rid of how fucked humanity is. Yeah, it's like right. the, the scientists tell you what you need to do and they go, well, that's actually impossible. It's like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to like go through this now. Um, but so anyway, so uh, they released the climate targets, and then somebody dug up an old study talking about hypothetically what we could do to, uh, to curb greenhouse gas emissions through uh, just changing our eating habits. And one of those things from a, like a two-year-old study from the University of Michigan was suggested, like, maybe we could cut, like, red meat consumption by, like, 90%. That was like, and right. so the Daily, the Daily Mail conf conflated these two things. Right. The Yeah, there's the Daily Mail article. It suggests some things that could cut, but, like, these are, like, uh, this is like just taking random things and cutting them by 50% or picking a percentage. This has nothing to do with actual strategies to attack climate change. Like, so like it doesn't take any effect. Like what if the, what if the trucks hauling the cows to the slaughterhouse were electric, Like, It doesn't like factor in stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it, it's just, it's just nonsense analysis. So well, also, um, like you that, said, the, you said, you said they conflated the two, but yeah, the, the study from the University of Michigan this is based on has literally nothing at all to do with the Biden administration or the Biden climate plan or any of that. It was literally a completely separate study on here are some things that we could do if we wanted to that would result in these positive effects where climate change Lit is concerned. And they took that and combined it with Biden announcing this just sort of blue sky plan to reduce climate emissions and just straight up said, this is what he's saying when they had nothing to do with each other. Yeah. It'd be like if uh, hypothetically uh, your wife was like, let's get romantic tonight and your head, you go, well, that includes the possibility of group sex. And you go, I'm having group sex tonight. It doesn't like, <laughs> it doesn't quite work that way. Uh, so anyway, the, the two, this, the, the two bullet point sub headlines under the headline literally say, um, uh, but he has yet to release any firm details of the plan. And while Biden has released the details, experts and studies have laid out what we need to change. They're, they're doing hypothetical. It'd be like, uh, hey, we got to cut back on household spending. You go like, I can't buy food. Like, well, I didn't know these two things didn't, you know, I don't know. It's yeah, just like, well, this they, is they, like, it's, it's a uh, lie. Right. And we've talked about before how it's like, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's maddening and, and comically absurd and all that. But it's almost kind of like, nostalgic for me when these type of scandals going on, meaning like, you know, 
when whereas when Trump was in office, it was some crazy shit that legitimately happened every other day, right? You know yeah. what I mean? And but now from the opposite, the opposing side with a Democrat in office, they literally have to just make things up, which is what they did. You know, uh, Obama with his mustard stain and the tan suits and all this shit and that type of thing. Like they have to just make shit up. And it is infuriating, but it's also to me like kind of reassuring that we're. <laughs> that we're back to that as opposed to like an existential crisis every other day or whatnot because of who the president is. Yeah. I mean, I do live in less day-to-day fear of, uh, you know, nuclear dying in a nuclear Holocaust, but I mean, look, look there, there's, there is stuff legitimately criticized Biden for. for it's sure, just from yeah. the, it's from the left for the most part. Right. They, right. they can't, the, the, the only thing they have to come at Biden for is stuff like, hypothetically the green like they can't even like criticize on taxing and spending anymore because of how trump spent like a like like a fucking idiot so they got nothing they got they so like they they, they will have complaints about the details of the green energy plan but there are no details released yet so they're making up hamburger shit so but the way it manifests itself uh sorry you're gonna say something well, I was just going to say it also it gave them it gave conservatives an opportunity to do their favorite type of protesting which is being fat in protest <laughs> You know what yes. I mean? They love that, dude. It's like when all the Chick-fil-A shit was going on, they got to line up around the block and eat four chicken sandwiches at once just to show the gays, you know, or whatever. And that's also happened with this because Donald Trump Jr. tweeted about it and said, I'm pretty sure I ate four pounds of red meat yesterday, so it's going to be a hard no for me on the subject of cutting back his red meat consumption. And this led to a swath of similar posts from conservatives who started posting the like garbage meat they were eating to own the libs it's like you know just giant giant hunks of burnt fucking pot roast just like and they're like what do you think about that libs (laughs) (laughs) none of these people can cook for shit it's like that looks awful dude Uh, look at that uh, yeah i they they're they're getting the gout to own the libs, and I got to be yeah. honest. If you want to if you want to give yourself a stroke to make me mad, I promise to be furious right after you die. I, I about say promise. yeah for sure. Hey, it's working. I can't stand it. Keep going. Yeah, keep so, your arteries up. That's fine with me. I'm 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 real. I'm feeling real owned right now. This gets this got real silly. If you have the soiling green tw- uh, uh, video, Matt, hit it. <laughs> Uh, now, of course, this is the kind of big government foretold in the 1973 this dystopian movie classic, Soylent Green. It was written actually in 1966. Here's the thing. They saw a future uh, world was, was it was in ruins. It was in squalor, uh, a world that ran out of food. Uh, they were relegated to eating this food substitute called Soylent Green. Of course, that is, except for the elites. They lived in luxury condos, and they still had access to things like fresh strawberries and meat. In fact, in one of my favorite scenes that sees the main character, is played by Charlton Heston, uh, he gets a rare chance to taste the meat. And the joy on his face, the, the, it expressed pure delight. You know what's really spooky about this whole thing? That film is set in the year 2020. Mark. Oh, shit. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I don't, I literally don't even follow what that was supposed to be. What does that mean? Are they saying like when you went, once Biden takes all your burgers away, then you're going to start eating people or whatever? Like, what's that even supposed to say? 
I think he's just saying if it's just because if it's heavily heavily regulated, rich people will still get to eat steak. Which yes, that's how America works. Rich people get still get stuff the rest of us can't get. They're probably eating fucking uh, pandas right now. I don't know, but like what, what? That's a point about American capitalism and what you're for. I don't fucking understand. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's uh, y'all's fault that that happened. Yes. <laughs> and they probably with this went a little too far when they started getting reverse trolled is when Larry Kudlow uh, on his show did this fucking stupidity. <laughs> no stakes on the Barbie. I'm sure middle America is just going to love that. Can you grill those Brussels sprouts? So get ready. You can throw back a plant-based beer with your grilled Brussels sprouts and wave your American flag. Call it July 4th. What kind of beers <laughs> has this motherfucker been drinking? Has he been drinking blood? What has he been drinking? Probably, yeah, just fermented blood. Very popular. In their, he doesn't realize that regular people drink plant-based beers all the time because that's what beer is. Does he... Does he think red wine's adrenochrome his whole time? <laughs> also, dude, ain't a damn thing wrong with some grilled Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, Have them with good. your burger. That's fine. But yeah, just uh, the horror of having a plant-based beer. My goodness. Um, yeah. Yeah. They uh, did. We should say, at, at least note, that they did, they being Fox News, they did uh, walk it back. Uh, at a certain point, they did admit that it wasn't, you know, true, but it, that was after four days of the fear mongering or whatever. And then there was like a 10 second clip where they were like, that wasn't maybe entirely accurate. And then they moved I, on. I mean, just how willfully stupid, like I, if you want to talk about unintended consequences for how stuff works, you could be like, well, if you hit these targets, you're going to eat less red meat. Maybe that would fear monger people a little bit, but like. Do you really think the president of the United States has any sort of power to regulate your hamburger consumption? Like, I, I know during World War II, meat was rations, but I, so we have a, like, I just don't understand that, but, but what mechanism they think this would actually happen. It's just ridiculous to me. But like this, this Daily Mail, by the way, Daily, Daily Mail is a garbage rag and uh, we don't, mm -hmm. even we don't use it as a source. We, we, I think we used it once for like a relationship thing for Daily Dumbass about the MyPillow guy dating Jane Krakowski. <laughs> but that was, but that's, that was, I remember it because I'm like, this fucking place, this, this, this is a garbage publication. It's, it's owned by Rupert Murdoch, but it's on, the, on his more tabloid side. And what they're doing, they started like a disinformation pipeline where they make up a story and then other Rupert Murdoch publications and broadcast outlets cover the fallout from it. Right. For example, if you might have seen another right wing meme that uh, the Biden administration is giving children in camps Kamala Harris's children's book, the children in the, in the migrant detention camps, uh, that was based upon uh, a book library from which some local locals gave books. One person gave Kamala's book, and they made it sound like like the federal government's buying a bunch of copy of a copy of Kamala's book to hand out to migrant kids, which I'm not right. sure what. So is it good or bad to keep kids in camps? And what are we, we're indoctrinating the love Kamala. Like they're, they're, we're starting a Hitler's youth for complex, like starting a Kamala's right. youth army in the detention camps or something. I can't figure out what the actual conspiracy theory is supposed to be. But anyway, the reporter, the New York post, they made their, uh, the New York, they made the New York post, New York post, uh, excuse me, post reporter write about it. She resigned and, uh, and, uh, protest today. Protest, so yeah. that, so this, uh, this phenomenon exists where they're making, they're going to make up stories and it's going to be on your uncle's Facebook. It's uh, in like two easy steps. Yeah, yeah, like you said, it's hard to make sense of it all. It's like, uh, you know, well, is it this or is it that? And it's an ongoing question where they are concerned. And with that, we'll lead into our guest tonight. So, so, so look, little background. Uh, 
every single week, my little sister who lives in Cookville, Tennessee, will send me some article or some Facebook post from the area with rage emojis telling me how full of shit everybody is and how furious she is at the place in which she lives and how she just <laughs> she's so upset every week there's some new bullshit that comes out of my home state and last week she sent me one that had to do with my alma mater and two professors there who are coming under fire right now for um some flyers they put up and i read this and it upset me and i wanted to share it with y'all and talk about the larger implications of it so with that said let's bring them out here we got professor andrew smith and julia gruber from tennessee tech university go golden go golden eagles um but yeah bring them out here matt we'll talk about it Trey, hey, my brother <laughs> Hi, it's, uh, it's Mr. Smith, Matt. Uh, you just can call me Mr. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Troy can... Smith from the history department is Dr. Smith. It's so good okay. to be here. Well, let it be the wings. <laughs> Thank you all for being here. So I guess I just want to start with just um, kind of tell us what has happened. <laughs> Julia, why don't you talk about the school board meeting in uh, Yes, that's kind of where it started, on, right? On February the 4th, Thursday the 4th of February. Yeah. All right. So back in February, I went to a school board meeting. And um, I have been trying to advocate for the replacement of the racist, um, all good school board, school mascot, the R-Skins. Right. Um, and... Um, we had been in discussion with the school board for months. And then at that February meeting, they shut the conversation down. And when they said that all good could keep their racist mascots, uh, someone in the back jumped up, started clapping and cheering and whoop, whoop. And um, it wasn't that happy of a whoop, whoop. It was kind of aggressive. <laughs> and, and there were some uh, indigenous friends of mine in the audience with um, their minor children who are part of the school system. And my daughter was there and um, there was some racist air breathing down my neck. And um, later on, I found out that this was County Commissioner um, AJ Donadio, who's also a professor, a nursing professor of all professors at Tennessee Tech. And um, he was very happy when the school board announced that the racist mascot was going to be kept in place. And so I went home and I was angry and disappointed. And I wrote my good friend, Andrew Smith, that um, guess what? Donario was at the school board meeting and he also is the advisor of the newly... Um, the newly formed chapter of uh, Turning Turning Point USA at Tech. And so Andrew, in his uh, sleepless state of professor mind, came up, instead of a poem, which he usually does, he came up <laughs> with a flyer. And so he sent me the flyer, and I thought, hmm, that's a pretty harsh flyer, but I'll put it up. And so the <laughs> next day, I tiptoed into the nursing building where um, AJ Donadio works, and I put it face down, which tells you how confident I was about this flyer, on some tables. And this is where history took place. Right. So, okay. So this guy, Donatio, um, who, like you mentioned, is not only a professor at Tennessee Tech, he's a county commissioner in Putnam County, uh, where Tech is located. 
He was at this meeting. They opted to uphold the continued use of the racist mascot. And when that happened, he jumped up and just like started twerking in front of some indigenous peoples who were there. I know you didn't <laughs> say that. Those are my words. He got excited about the result and sort of rubbed it in the face of uh, a, an indigenous family that upset you. You told Andrew about it. And then Andrew told you, hey, also, he is the faculty advisor for Turning Point USA's chapter at Tennessee Tech. If anybody listening doesn't know, that's uh, Turning Point USA of Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens fame. They've had countless uh, scandals or whatever you want to call it with people, people, officials they have literally yelling white power, all kinds of generally undesir- undesirable situations so, they've gotten himself they've gotten himself into. Can, Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, uh, this racism scandal is one thing, but who is responsible for letting Trey have a degree? That's another, that's a big concern. <laughs> well, actually, um, I, I need there. you to know that I went through, I went in some old emails, Trey, and you were on the distribution list for the college Democrats. So when yeah. they ask you at the tribunal, were you ever a college Democrat? <laughs> of course. And I might've even been the advice in the advisor and all my good, you know, Antifa friends hate that about me that I would work with the oh. college Democrats. I mean, I'm such a, li- I'm, I'm such a libtard. I mean, you know, I had to make sure that I had the Bernie Sanders sign, you know, before the Joe Biden sign, which we got hate mail about your sister. We got hate mail stuffed in our mailbox from a teenager saying, you know, just horribly racist and homophobic things just because we had a Biden sign. It's really messed up. So, but I want you guys to picture this. This is me on, on espresso at 4 a.m. You know, I had one of those sleep, sleepless nights and I'm like pounding the caffeine and I'm like, you know, up in Photoshop and, you know, in design and I'm making this flyer. And I never thought I was going to share it with anybody. And I, I emailed the, you know, little JPEG of it to a couple of people. And I think when I found out uh, that Yulia had hung the flyer, um, I would be very, a miss if I didn't also hang the flyer. So I went to the university center <laughs> building the next day and it was the uh, day of teacher on the radio. My, um, you know, and, and just so you guys know, they, they pulled police surveillance footage of us and I wasn't yeah. expecting <laughs> that. I happened to be wearing that was a uh, news week. Yeah. I've, I've got a, 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 a store from uh, Mississippi, a blue store cat head here, but I was wearing my, um, my IWW hat trying to be Tom Morello, the international workers <laughs> of the world. And I was wearing this like, very gay rainbow scarf that I actually got at a church gathering where we were advocating for gay marriage in my church. Cause I'm one of those like liberal Christian dudes. So in any event, leaving the, the UC, I look like I might've been shoplifting from the school bookstore. I mean, I just, it's really, it's really bad, but, I, but I hung one flyer and I figured they would have well, so, ripped okay. it. We should say, yeah. I think we should cover the, the flyer itself. Essentially what it's, it was a picture taken from the other guy's Facebook of him sitting on the game of Thrones sword throne, like with a sword or whatever. And it essentially said like, we're not down with your racist stuff here. And as part of that, and this he's hinged a lot of the argument on this, you guys said you are on our list and we don't, you know, we don't support you. That was a direct reference to what Turning Point USA does, which is they keep a running list of liberal professors so that they can be harassed and that type of thing. They literally maintain a list, which is what you were referencing. But what he has said is that that was a direct threat to his person, and he feels unsafe because of it. And because it was a physical threat, you all should be fired, 
and, and and dealt with because you threatened his safety. And that's what this all hinges on. And to me, again, literally, he's the faculty advisor for a chapter that maintains a running list of liberal professors for that exact reason. But uh, but apparently is extremely sensitive <laughs> to being put on any kind of list himself, which isn't even what you were doing. It was just a reference. But again, the hypocritical nature, Can the overly sensitive nature of the whole thing, it's uh, it's a bit much. I I do want to like like because all this seems like all this seems like deeply like, Turning Point seems like a deeply silly organization, right? But just just for for people to understand, they have an eight million dollar a year annual budget, and while Charlie Kirk and Kenneth Owens are clowns. They've been caught funneling dark money, which they get from uh, petroleum, like like petroleum institute and and fossil fuel money, and probably some Koch brother money in there too, to into campus elections illegally to try to rig campus elections. Now, like every right wing scandal, this seems so stupid and cartoonish until it starts working. <laughs> and what it means when it starts working is you start seeing, uh, you know. Uh, like free speech control on campus, stuff like professors getting run off for posting uh, flyers about racism. So there, here we go. Sorry. just wanted to say why they suck. I just took him off my Christmas card list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got like, so I'm going to read at least a little bit of an example of the hate mail you guys have been getting. Julia sent me this. Um, so, yes, a guy, a guy did some racist stuff. You called him a racist in a in a flyer. And that has resulted in all this shit that's come down on your shoulders, including all this hate mail you all are getting. Some of it physically comes to your houses, I found out. But this is an email here that you got. It says, well, look at you, cancel culture fascist in action. You're showcasing your university as yet another cesspool of far left oppressive assholes. Did you really think this wouldn't get out? Did you really think you wouldn't be found out as a fascistic pile of shit? We all know who you are, princess. And when I say we, I'm talking about Americans, not the oppressive little fascist cowards that you run with. The majority, the majority of Americans are not with you, but that's because we are not self-loathing U.S. like yourself. You can lambaste me all you want because I'm the white prior military and law enforcement. Ding, ding, ding. Boogeyman. <laughs> you little cowards love to shit on while never having done a fucking thing for this nation or the people yourself other than cry and whine and suck each other's titty in the corner. Fuck you. So that's a fair representation of the kind of response you've gotten from the community there. I Trey, some of my hate, some of the hate mail has been worse. And I, I love this. I love one. this one. I keep getting, he's supposedly a Christian, supposedly a, a, a pastor. Right. Like, like you can't love Jesus and hate lynching black people. Like you can't love, you know, <laughs> Jesus and hate, you know, punishing transgender children in front of like their peers. Like you can't, you know, love, you know, Jesus and want to end global climate change. And, and this, you brought up the veteran thing, and I, I don't know why I didn't think of this further. I'm pretty sure, now there's probably some veterans on the show, including the guy who wrote that email, but didn't they take an oath to defend my right to call them a racist if I want to? I mean, isn't that kind of the deal? Well, you know what? Actually, since you said that, I saw a quote from Donatio earlier where he said, he was talking about the First Amendment, and this is another example of that hypocrisy where he said, you know, Freedom from freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequences. That's what they're facing is freedom from consequences. But I've but of course, obviously, the same thing applies to what you all did to him, right? Like you like you say some racist shit that doesn't make you 
uh, that doesn't make you immune to other people calling you a racist for doing it. Those are the consequences, which is exactly what happened here. But he's turning, flipping that around and trying to use it against you all where he's like, yeah, these are the consequences of their actions. So the hypocrisy is just multi-layered here because he's trying to make a First Amendment stand on this while like getting you persecuting you all for the thing <laughs> you said. Yeah, exactly. He's like yeah. he's like putting it on a First Amendment foundation while trying to cancel y'all for what you said about him. So also to point out that someone is a racist is apparently worse than being a racist. Right. Right. You know, yeah. and that is there are policies or not for that, because that's you know, that's what we ran into, that they couldn't find the right policy to come after us because nothing fits. They tried one um, about, you know, him being a protected group. Well, white male, <laughs> white males aren't a protected group yet. Aren't they, it, are, didn't they land on the safety thing? They're, they're trying to hinge it on you all like threatened his safety. He feels threatened by what you to did. To be completely honest, hanging on. Uh, Trey, to be completely honest with you, we're not supposed to talk about tech because we love tech and sure. I want to keep my job. But yeah, me too. The, the, the investigation was handled by human resources and I'm an academic and I have tenure. And so my boss is my chairperson, my dean and the provost. Those are the people who have authority over me. So they took this out of our normal chain of command and placed it into human resources. And my understanding is that other universities, it does not work that way. And so one of the protections of tenure would be that I should have been adjudicated purely by my peers, other colleagues and other professors and, and definitely my, my dean, my chair. You know, there is hierarchy. Right. But having this up, there was a police report. There's police surveillance footage. There's an HR memorandum. There's the vice president um, that oversees the HR department. Uh, there's all this language out of the policy book, except for the free speech policy. They didn't mention free speech policy once. Get this. The number for the free speech policy is policy 007. And they didn't <laughs> quote that at all because it basically says you can be a total jerk and it's protected. I don't trade. Did they have those? Um, anti-choice people where they would have those gigantic zygots, you know, fetus pictures, the size yeah. of like Derryberry hall. And you, and they, they line Dixie Avenue. Oh, it's called Dixie Avenue. Right. So that you would to right. walk from like, I used to work in new hall North as a faculty mentor to students who lived in the dorm to walk from new hall North to the UC or to Henderson to one of your classes, you have to walk through this kind of like gigantic, you know, abor anti-abortion, you know, media assault and th those groups have sued uh, did you get the hate preacher tray the guy who would yell at you and you you're a you're a harlot <laughs> you're a yeah. jezebel you know don't smoke pot you know and they would scream at these children that guy has no affiliation with tech he won a lawsuit to come and yell at us whenever he wants in in the name of, <laughs> in the name of jesus can i say in the name of jesus on this show i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well okay listen um uh, Thank you all for Thank coming on and telling your story. I want to give you an opportunity. If there's like any sort of like parting thoughts you have about what's going on here, obviously I'm going to be keeping up with it. I think, I think y'all will be okay. Ultimately it's still bullshit what's going on, but certainly I uh, hope the bullshit doesn't get worse, but if there's anything you all want to leave us with. I really want that, re that mascot replaced at the all good um, middle school. There, there yeah. are 80, 88 racist mascots, mascots in Tennessee alone. Some states who are further along 
<laughs> you know, at becoming decent are passing laws to get rid of those. But um, this is what this is about. It's we're standing up for, um, you know, our indigenous and black and brown friends in Cookville, Tennessee. And it's not about us. You know, we we have we're very privileged university professors. We will probably keep our job. And, um, you know, it's been a bit stressful, but this is nothing compared to, to the stress that our um, very few brown and black and um, right. indigenous people experience in this area. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I just want to I just want to amplify. I, I, I got involved in this movement overall to support my indigenous friend to change that mascot. But I also want the police to stop killing unarmed black people like in Knoxville, where that young man bled out in a school bathroom. I want the, the state legislature to stop criminalizing transgender folk, especially their parents who want to give care to their transgender youth and their doctors. They're criminalizing the caregivers of trans and, and, and queer folk. Um, and so I'm going to keep wearing that rainbow scarf. I'm going to keep wearing the uh, IWW hat because we don't have a lot mm -hmm. of workers' rights in Tennessee, but I still belong to the union. And I encourage you to organize in your workplace like they did down in Bessner, Alabama. Um, there's a yeah. lot of power in organizing. So just because we're in the South doesn't mean we can't go old school and sign a union card and lock arms and walk down the street and say Black Lives Matter still matter. They always matter. Absolutely. You, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not, not a lot makes me feel positive about my home state recently, but knowing that y'all and your ilk are, are they're doing it, uh, goes a long way. So yeah, I appreciate it. Keep doing the damn thing. And thank you all for coming on here and sharing your story. Professors, Andy Smith and Yulia Gruber, everybody. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for doing your best to try to teach Trey to read. That was <laughs> I crushed it at Tennessee Tech, just so you know. <laughs> truly remarkable student. Um, it's a fact. It's a fact, Mark. You may not like it, but it's a fact. But um, yeah, it's Produ fun. producer I Matt just says, let, let, "Now we cut the tray reading, trying to read people's last names." This is the, the, the Q and A segment. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it's weird. Like. When I was in school there, and I've told this story, it's true. On election night 2008, I drove around campus with all my windows down, blasting my president is black, right? Because I was so I was so pumped or whatever. And I didn't think, I remember at the time in my head, I was like, yeah, this will hit for a lot of people. And I'm sure it did hit for some people. I, I didn't have a, a perception of it being the way that it clearly is in Cookville because I came from a much more rural town and a much smaller town. <laughs> And Cookville to me was like the city. And I was like, this is where the enlightened people are. Cause I was in college, but like some wild shit goes down there and people are uh, pretty intense. And um, yeah, I'm just glad that, you know, somebody's on the other side of it still. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember thinking like, uh, like in 2010, yeah, as BJ Wanlin just said such hope for the future of the South. Thank goodness for people like them. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I just remember thinking in 2010, 11, 12, when people like there were there were, there were like polling data showing like 70 percent of like uh, Republicans thought that Obama was the literal Antichrist. Yeah, and it's just like like I it wouldn't. <laughs> I wonder if you could give Obama a true serum. He'd, he'd, he'd ask. He'd, I'd ask him if like him getting elected was worth it because I don't think anyone like even me being from a small town from the south. I had no understanding of how crazy it would drive white people to have a black president. Dude, <laughs> I did right. not see it coming. I, it's just like, well, I think it was most like, of them 
never conceived of it happening. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember knowing yeah. rednecks that were like in Salina when Hillary was just starting to run and Obama was just starting to run and them being like, it won't never happen. Look at me. I'm going to tell you right now, it won't never happen. And so yeah. I think that's how a lot of them felt. They never considered it as a real possibility. And when it happened, but they were thrown for a major loop and did not I mean, react well. <laughs> I, I think about, I'm pretty cynical about America, but like Trump getting elected really did fuck with my whole image of it, like forever with my image of what America is and who Damn, lives here. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I felt that <laughs> I was in that exact same position, but reverse for Donald Trump. I didn't, yeah, I, mean, I didn't think it would actually ever come to that. And then it did. I, I, <laughs> I literally, uh, maybe I was too cynical about America because I, I just assumed that the CIA wouldn't let him hold, hold power. I just like, <laughs> I just, it's like he's too erratic. They like, they can have any other right winger, and Obama will still have some drone people. So why wouldn't they just make it look like a heart attack? I don't understand. Like they, 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 uh, they, had, they have a thousand ways cooked up to kill Fidel Castro and make his beard fall out and shit. I don't know why they wouldn't uh, be able to make Trump go to sleepy time, but. uh but, but I remember, says, did you say Salina? Bless you, Cookville is the big city. Yes, Salina's my hometown. Cookville's where I went to college at, and Cookville was the big city to Salina. And just so people know, Cookville's a town of like, I mean, I don't, I think there's a college there, and I think when school is in session, it's, and I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but I think it's like 30, 40,000 people, something like that, when school is in session. So it's not a city. But coming from Salina, where we ain't have no traffic lights or Walmarts or nothing, it was a metropolis to me. I I was just thinking about how crazy people got. I remember um, when was when was Bin Laden killed? That was 2011, right? Um, Somewhere around there, yeah. I was doing a bar show, and of course, you see, you get the news note, the, the tweets. You see the tweets pop up. The president's called an emergency address at 9:30 p.m. on a Saturday night or whatever. And you're like, well, the president doesn't talk on weekend nights and it's nighttime on a Sunday. So like, this is going to be some fucking real, it's going to be zombies, get headshots. Everybody's on your own. This is going to be when the president comes on TV that, that, that particular time. And you know, Bin Laden's killed and everybody's like, you know, there's like 15 of us in a dive bar. People are like, yeah, fuck Bin Laden, whatever. This guy is like one of those uh, uh, projection screens, TVs. This yeah. guy is up this close to the screen, flipping it off, yelling, fuck you at Obama. <laughs> It was like after during the news of Osama bin Laden being killed. Yeah, that was his immediate I, response is fuck you and, for fuck you and for I taking want, down the 9-11 guy. <laughs> I don't even think he heard what Obama said. It didn't matter. Oh, it was just God. like I'm sure he did. Yeah. And I do, I wanted to be clear here. I have no evidence that this guy personally knew Obama or anything. <laughs> just like <laughs> just yelling at a two-dimensional image of him with every fiber of his being just hating the motherfucker. And it's yeah. I, I'm betting it wasn't over his tax policies or whatever. So yeah. yeah, do you think there was this like sort of philosophy with the oh wait hang on let's do this first uh, assuming you know about it Mark Brandy R Brandy Ray Sheffy hope I got that right says what's up with this audit in Arizona so a bunch of like wing nut legislators and uh, random media personalities have managed to do about uh, the audit the auditing the election in Arizona they're going over ballots. With UV lights and different kinds of pens and all kinds of shit, I don't really understand the details of what they're trying to accomplish. But <laughs> people have been able to sneak in back doors and left everything unlocked. So <laughs> I have no idea if the I'm fairly certain the election wasn't rigged, but this audit could very easily be rigged. So it's going to be whatever comes out of it's going to be funny. 
So this um, headline that uh, producer Matt just sent us from The Guardian says, Arizona Republicans deploy cyber ninjas in pro-Trump election audit. So, yeah, I didn't know about it until it was brought up just now. But, I mean, that all that all checks out. <laughs> cyber yeah. ninjas. Yeah, this is going to be one Literally, of those things that I don't think they're ever going to just, like, let go of. You know, it's the new, it's no the, matter what, it's, it. It's going to keep being a thing yeah. for them, and that's just going to have to be fine for the rest of us, I think. It's going to be, you know, you got the uh, the, the Lost Cause, uh, Southern Mythology. You've exactly. got, like, exactly. we, we would have won, yes. won Vietnam if the hippies hadn't 100%. turned the people back against. It's like all this shit where it's like, yes. they can, ne- they, they can never. It's a analogy. The Lost Cause yeah. thing, and that's still a thing amongst racists in the South and everything, you know. Going on over 150 years later, it's still a thing, and I, yeah, the the this most recent election will 100 percent be one of those things for that same amount yeah. of time. I think. Yeah. Not that I, not that we were in a literal civil antebellum civil war place when Trump was in office. But I'm just saying it. Yeah, they ain't, they ain't letting it go. Nope. Uh, it'll always be that Trump won and it got stolen, and it, they never. They can never explain why liberals don't just keep stealing elections. Like, why would there ever be right. a Republican president? Or like, or, or in this, which we talked about on the show, like we made we made ourselves, we made liberals the daily dumbass that night for not thinking to also steal all the Senate races at the yeah. same time. Like, we just didn't think about that. We were so busy stealing the presidential race that we left the Senate up for grabs for a while. But yeah, none of it, like if we could do that, like you said, why wouldn't we just always do that? You know, we t- maybe you got a couple races here and there that you make it. So, you know, it's not so obvious, but we would never let them be in a position to actually retain any power. If we had the ability to do what they're saying that we do, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Here's like, here's the last thing. Like here's what drives me crazy about conspiracy theories of all types is usually if you have to ignore a bunch of real world evil shit to get mad about the secret shit, right? Like, like for example, we talked about earlier earlier in text thread where Drew, Drew some uh, I don't want to throw out names, but somebody in his social media had this insane conspiracy theory about the 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 Oklahoma City bombing being cover to blow up evidence against Hillary Clinton yeah. because she was about to be indicted for Whitewater. So they blew up a whole federal building with three hundred some people, whatever. But like you know, if you want to be be concerned about evil shit going on in the world. Look how proprietary drug companies are being about the vaccines, and, and that's causing a lot of deaths and around the country, and uh, and not and not first world nations, right? So, like the evil shit, the elections are rigged in America. They're done in advance by gerrymandering and redistricting right. and and yep. voter suppression. Stuff just generally making you sad about politics is a is a voter suppression tactic. Mm-hmm. This stuff happens on the front page of the goddamn newspaper. Right. Um, if you if you want to accuse liberals of stealing elections, trying to give felons the right the right to vote is our version of doing that. But it's but it happens in public. You can read about it in the newspaper. There's no secret shit going on. That's where Republicans get mad when you call them racist for doing it because you're pointing out the shit they're doing. <laughs> they don't want you pointing it out, but it's not secret. It's not hidden. It's never hidden. It's like it's very it's too hard to hide. Buddy, preach. You just said it all. As far as I'm concerned, Natalie Nickel. Hey, Natalie. Good to see you again. Friend of the show. I says, any thoughts on Tucker Carlson's newest stunt pushing mass confrontations? How can such a moron be so dangerous? So yeah, apparently Tucker Carlson on his show, 
uh, encourage people to confront mask wearers or people saying you should wear a mask? Yeah. He told people to flip the script on, uh, on mask wearers by telling them that wearing a mask makes you uncomfortable. Like you wearing a mask makes me uncomfortable. And then he also said, it's like, if, if, if it's, if children are at risk for the di- virus of dying of it for the most part, which is technically true, they do spread it though. Um, that why is it like, isn't making them wear a mask a form of child abuse and shouldn't you call CPS on them? So he's encouraged his viewers to call child protective services on parents or the children wearing masks heads up. Don't do that. False reports of, ch- of child abuse are a crime and you will go to jail. If you bug social workers and cops with frivolous calls about dumb shit. So he's trying to get his own uh, viewers arrested apparently. Well, if if they're reliably going to go to jail for doing that thing, then I mean, yeah, do it. Call them on me. That's fine. Uh, You see mine out with a mask on. I mean, you know, here in Southern California, I have young children. They go to school and everything. And like, they're literally required to wear a mask. You can't, you know, it's a Mm -hmm. rule. So please call the cops on me and tell (laughs) tell them that I'm abusing my children by making them wear masks. You know, Tucker Carlson's always been wild to me because I can remember like when I first became aware of him, which is, I mean, shit, man, at this point, probably over 10 years ago, when all that shit went down with him and Jon Stewart, you know, that was the first time I ever kind of became aware of him. And at the time he was, he was like, he was the bow tie guy, you know, and he Mm -hmm. was just such a caricature. And it's not that he's not anymore, but the idea that that dude, if you had told me then that that guy would become a genuine, like, powerful voice in American political uh, discourse, I would not have believed it. You know, D- John Stewart just dunking on his ass. And, and again, he's wearing a bow tie and everything. Bow ties are fine, but y'all know what I mean. I've never taken a person less seriously than I did Tucker Carlson when I first found out about him. And the fact that he's become this big power player like he has is just so discouraging. (laughs) And you you follow him through the years. It's not even clearer that he means anything he's saying, except that if you you don't know anything about Tucker, um, he's heir to the Swanson chicken fortune. He grew up in a wealthy neighborhood in the Bay Area and went to a nice private school. And someone dug up his private school yearbook last week. And under his like um, the, uh, this joke he put in the yearbook under his uh, clubs that he was president of the Dan White Society. Dan yep. White is the guy who shot and killed Harvey Milk, the uh, yep. gay city councilman uh, who was a civil rights figure in the 80s. So that's the clearest evidence that he's always been a piece of shit yeah, um, right. because he did moderate himself. Because I was that show you're talking about, I was crossfire on CNN. He was a CNN personality for a while and was very mildly right wing at that point. It was just very, just his, the most right thing wing thing about him was his bow tie. But apparently he was a monster the whole time. He was pretending not to be. So it's a piece of shit. Yeah. Tucker Carlson's a piece of shit. You heard it here last, everybody. Uh, that's us. That's it for us on this episode of Weekly Skews. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next <laughs> week and we'll have a good time. So you love you. Yeah. Bye.